this is the stage where you have found your differentiating factor and you have established your place in the industry. Your peers may come to you for advice often and they follow your work and they respect your work. Now is the time where you want to buy back your time and build more revenue sources or you want to diversify your income streams and ensure that you will always have a consistent stream of income. And so the question to ask yourself at this stage is, how can I delegate and scale? Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Being an influencer or content creator is a full-on journey. And it's a new one for all of us because the industry is still relatively new. It requires you to get over self-doubt, acquire new skills, practice these skills over and over, put yourself out there consistently, and then figure out how to monetize and scale. In the past seven to eight years that I've been doing this, I've studied every stage that a creator goes through, and I'm currently going through some of these stages myself as well. And so in today's episode of the Full-Time Influencer Podcast, I'm going to break down the five stages that creators go through and what questions you need to ask yourself at each stage so that you can get to the next level. This is a pretty comprehensive creator journey that I'm going to cover, really from like the most beginning to the very, very advanced. And most of you might be somewhere in stages one to three, but I hope that these questions that I pose in this episode will be helpful for you as you ask yourself these questions. I will also share where I'm at in my influencer journey, like at which stage I'm at, and what steps I've taken so far to continue to make progress and maybe one day get to the next stage. Stage number one is when you're just starting out and you may still have quite a lot of self-doubt. You might think that the people around you are a bit judgmental or maybe you're afraid of being judged by people out there. So you're still a little bit afraid to put yourself out there and maybe you're not even sure if you have what it takes to succeed. At this stage, it's very, very important to cast aside these self-doubts. And the one question you want to ask yourself is, why not me? So when I first started, I actually saw all of the OG fashion bloggers like Not Just Fashion and Margot and Me and Ami Song, Chriselle Lim, you know, all of these really, really famous fashion bloggers. And I looked at them with their beautiful photos and their lookbook accounts. And I thought to myself, if they can do it, then surely I can too. Why not me? And I think this one question really helped to propel me forward and really get into it. Of course, I'm still nervous and I'm still like really shy about taking photos in public, especially in the beginning, but at least this idea that I deserve this or that I can achieve this, why can't I be like them? This belief and this thought is the one factor that really drove me to put myself out there, to cast aside my doubts and really just, just get started. And I think a lot of us in the beginning stages can get so caught up in your self-doubt. And I completely understand that because there are still platforms that I haven't really started or haven't really 
grown on like YouTube. And I have myself doubts about posting on YouTube as well. So you're not alone, no matter what stage you're at, whether you're a beginner creator or you're a more seasoned creator like me, this self-doubt and this sort of fear of putting yourself out there will always be there. But I think it's important to ask yourself, why can't that be you? And use that question to sort of fuel your motivation and put yourself out there. Now at stage two, you've probably experimented with creating different content pieces. You've probably somewhat figured out your niche or the general direction that you want to go in. And you have gotten the hang of content creation. Like you know how to create engaging stories or you know how to create visually aesthetic reels and maybe take some nice photos. Now you want to start to differentiate yourself from the crowd and you want to really grow a dedicated following that actually really cares about what you have to say so that you can stand out and really be visible to brands. So in order to do this, the question you want to ask yourself is what makes me unique? And this can be different for everybody. If you're in depending on what you're niche in, perhaps you have extra expertise in the particular niche that you're in. Maybe you're an esthetician and you are posing yourself as a skincare expert. So out of all of the skincare experts, what makes you unique? What is the strongest three top three beliefs that you are always, always channeling on your pages that people will know you for? What is your visual aesthetic that people will know you for, right? If you are a travel creator, what is it about your travel content that makes you unique? Is it the storytelling and telling the deep culture and history behind the locations that you travel to, but doing it in a very aesthetically pleasing way? Or are you just an incredible, you know, FPV drone specialist and that is what makes you unique? So you have to figure out what makes you unique and really ask yourself, what makes me unique? And this is a question only at stage two, but not at stage one, because you do need some time to figure out what you enjoy posting, figure out what type of content comes to you most naturally, and go from there to figure out what makes you unique. Oftentimes we will find that there are some pieces of content, some types of content that just naturally we are more drawn to. For me, it's creative edits. It's been a major driving factor of me landing many, many brand deals and higher paid brand deals. And that's actually also why I created the mobile editing magic course recently and launched it in, uh, I think it was January to February. It's a course dedicated to help you become an editing pro in just 30 days with just your phone. We just closed the doors to mobile editing magic, but we will open it up again later in the year. And I know that for me, what makes me unique is my creative edits because Although I started in like a more travel girly lifestyle niche, I saw that not as many people in my niche were doing as many creative edits. And I knew that I could figure out the techniques of doing it. And so I knew that this could be the thing that made me different from all of my counterparts. Sure, there are VFX artists, there are people out there who are professionals at this, who are way better than me but there are very few female travel creators who focus on aesthetics and sort of the girly lifestyle who also do creative edits. So it's thinking about who your peers are and also what makes you unique amongst your peers. And so what is that one thing you can be known for and what is um, a type of content or a type of aesthetic that you can really dive into to help you stand out. 
If you're still at this stage, at stage one or stage two, then I know that my free training will definitely be helpful for you in order to learn how to build a powerful personal brand, how to grow your Instagram, and also how to land higher paying brand deals and how to get brands' attentions. So if you're interested in this, then I really recommend you to sign up for my free training at successfulinfluencer.com training. In this 45-minute training, I'll cover the key factors that help you stand out and also what makes a difference to really help brands notice you and also land higher paying brand deals. So you can sign up at successfulinfluencer.com training. Now let's move on to stage three. At this stage, you've grown your following and you are probably consistently making income as a full-time influencer, probably a pretty decent income as well. Now it's time to think about how you can elevate yourself beyond just being another full-time influencer. And what I mean by that is that you want to think about positioning yourself inside the influencer industry, inside this creator economy, and think about what gives you leadership, what makes you a leader in your space. And the question you want to ask yourself is, what will elevate me above other creators and my peers. Now, I don't mean this in a nasty competitive way. Of course, I believe in collaboration over competition, but at this stage, you do want to think about your differentiating factor and what makes you a leader, what makes you the go-to creator when people think about all of the established creator, out of all of these established creators, why would you be the one that people will go to for a specific topic or for a specific skill or for a specific type of aesthetic, etc.? So what makes you a thought leader in your space? Are you sharing your deeper reflections on certain topics? Do you have a strong opinion that you are constantly voicing? Are you superior at certain types of edit or a certain type of aesthetic? Do you have certain technical skills that will really make people go like, yes, I love your work and I respect it so much? Or do you have insane work ethic that people really respect? And people come up to you and they're like, you work so hard, I really don't know how you do it all. So what is it that makes even your peers and the people, the creators that you respect, respect you back and also respect your work? What are you exceptionally good at or known for compared to other creators. Now, if I were to give you some examples, I would probably think about people like Carl Shakur. He is a photographer, but he also leaned into uh, Reels videos in the past couple years. And he also started posting on YouTube as well, although not as consistently. And his work is just so next level that if I want to think about really creative, powerful imagery, I immediately think of Carl and I think of his editing style with the sort of the warm and cool tones together combined in an image. And I, I think about that aesthetic and I immediately think of Carl. Another example that comes to mind is Natalia from Escaping Youth. She has always created these incredibly creative and 
surreal type of imagery that's really colorful and just really whimsical, I guess is the right word. And she is really the person that I think of when I think of a female that is also incredibly creative and has really unique concepts and thoughts and is able to put them into both images and videos. Or perhaps you're someone who's more into um, philosophical thought leadership. Maybe you're someone like Dan Coe who really blew up recently and he blew up by talking about the one person business on both YouTube and on his Instagram and his Twitter and he was able to build up his thought leadership really fast through his very signature black and white carousel with text or his graphic animations and also just his like very simple talking head YouTube videos where he dives deep into these topics about copywriting, the creator economy, and being a one person business and scaling your one person business. So when I'm thinking about this idea of a one person business, when I'm thinking about somebody who was able to scale his personal brand through copywriting, I think of Dan Co. And he is definitely now a leader in that space and very, very respected and people want to interview him. People want to hear what he has to say. So he has really been able to elevate himself above others through his thought leadership, through his copywriting. I do think that maybe sometimes I feel like I am at this stage, but oftentimes I am really just really happy and relieved when I hear some of the peers that I really respect and they say things like, oh, this compliment means a lot coming from you, Tina, or like they might comment on some of my posts and say like, this is so amazing. Like, I can't believe the effort that you put into it. Um, or sometimes when I think about my business and what I've been able to create, my three digital products, plus my travel guides, and also the brands that I've been able to work with, I do think that gives me a level of authority as well. And so, when I think about these things, I still think I have a long way to go in terms of elevating myself in the space and really becoming a leader amongst other creators. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to do is to share more of my like real inner thoughts about the creator economy. I feel like thus far I've been mostly sharing more beginner level tips. I've been sharing more things that are geared towards being useful for my beginner audience. But I just know that there are other creators out there who are listening to this who maybe are no longer beginners and would really benefit from more deeper level thoughts that I have on the creator economy, on entrepreneurship, and also on just making money really as a creator. So I would love to share more of that and my processes and my thoughts on where the creator economy is going and all of those reflections going forward, both on this podcast and hopefully on other platforms as well. So the next stage is stage four. And this is the stage where you have found your differentiating factor and you have established your place in the industry. Your peers may come to you for advice often and they follow your work and they respect your work. Now is the time where you want to buy back your time and build more revenue sources or you want to diversify your income streams and ensure that you will always have a consistent stream of income. And so the question to ask yourself at this stage is, how can I delegate and scale? For example, you can do so through building digital products. They could be courses, they could be presets, they could be downloadables, um, anything that provides value that you can charge for. You could increase your affiliate income, 
by linking more links, by optimizing the links, by making sure that your audience has a go-to place for all of your affiliate links. You could scale your reach, so grow your audience so that you could charge more for brand deals. So instead of scaling the different types of products and different offerings, you could scale your total reach um, and therefore your total influence. And so at this stage, you want to find people who can help you achieve these things so that you can take more things off your plate and do things that really focus on your zone of genius so that you can make more money and grow your following and diversify your income streams and also hopefully stabilize or even exponentially grow your income. The concept here really is buying back your time. You are a one-person brand, probably. You're, you know, people know you for your personal brand, and you want to find ways to focus mostly on showing up and the filming or the ideation or the creation of the products, and not on the day-to-day -day admin tasks or on operational tasks or anything else that could be delegated. And so you are really looking for people to pay so that you can buy back your time because your time is better spent on the things that are visible on the surface, on the platforms, etc. The things that nobody else can do for your personal brand. I'm at this stage as well currently, but I would say I'm a mix of stage three where I am thinking about how to become a thought leader and really elevate myself in the space and be a leader. But also I am at a stage where I am delegating, I am trying to scale, and I have taken many steps to do that in the past two to three years. So I am lucky enough to have a permanent team of four, but I also have additional help from some amazing contractors who help me edit some of my videos, especially the ones that go on full-time influencer, as well as these podcasts, both the audio and the video podcasts that you see on my YouTube. In addition to building a team, I'm also building systems. I am working towards delegating more and more and giving ownership to some of my team members. I think that's something that has been the most hard for me because I feel like, I don't wanna say I micromanage or I overmanage people, but sometimes I have very specific ideas of how I think the visuals should look. And then I give people a lot of feedback on that. And I feel like that causes a lot of work for myself and then also makes it harder for me to delegate. So I'm still working on the delegation part, but we are definitely building better systems. I mentioned in a previous episode that I hired an online business manager who is really helping to build my systems, build my SOPs and systemize everything, put it into a, a project planning software like ClickUp, which is what we use. And she manages the timelines and the the deliverables and all of the things that I'm responsible and my other team members are responsible and it's been a huge help. Another way I have been scaling is by building new products. So I started building digital products in 2020 and I first started with the full-time influencer program and the Reels Rocketship program both in 2020. And then after that, I really just focused on marketing them and getting them into the hands of as many people as possible. And slowly, I also started to integrate some Facebook ads, although paid ads are not really our strength. Like we're still sort of figuring that out and experimenting with that. So it's mostly organic throughout the years. And it wasn't until 2023 that I finally built new products. So in 2023, I first started with my travel guides, starting with Paris, New York, and London, and then ending with Japan plus Tokyo towards the end of the year. 
And that has really helped to open up a brand new revenue stream for, for me, as well as target audiences that haven't ever bought from me before and probably would never buy my influencer programs, but are really interested in the travel guides that I create. And so that was a really interesting and fun process to go through last year. And this year I also built my new digital product, Mobile Editing Magic, which recently closed as well that I just mentioned earlier. And this also is just became a six figure revenue stream like instantly as well. And so I'm really, really happy with how it turned out and how many people joined and how much value they're getting out of this program. And I even had a student send me her edits already and it looks fantastic. She duplicated herself walking in and out of the scene in different outfits and it looks so good. And so I'm so happy that I created this brand new product that also feels so true to what I'm known for and what I'm good at, which is creativity and editing. And so those are all of the different products that I have built in the past few years to scale my income and also diversify my income stream so that I'm not only relying on brand deals. Of course, I'm still looking to scale my reach so that I can land more higher paying brand deals and brand deals have been going good for me so far. And this year it's been going as well. So I'm really happy about how the whole year has started, but I'm definitely working towards building even better systems, delegating even more, and just working with my team to, to really work more seamlessly together. I'm also setting up funnels and paid ads uh, so that they can run on their own and hopefully make more passive money while I work on increasing my reach or potentially building new products in the future. Now, funnels and ads are things that I don't really talk as often on here, but I do hope to talk more and more about it in the future because I do think these are very important concepts and for any creator who wants to monetize beyond just brand deals and affiliate income, you have to understand funnels. If you want to sell any digital products, you have to understand funnels. And if you want to scale those products, of course you can do so organically, but you can also do so with paid ads and it can really help to make your work more passive in terms of selling the products and it can help you have a more steady flow of income. Of course, there's higher costs because there's a cost of running ads, but you know, as long as it's profitable, then it is a good business. Now we are finally getting to stage five, and this is a stage where you have set up your various income streams, you are diversified, you've built a team, and you've even built systems, and you are still working and putting your face out there to market both yourself so that you can work with brands because that is very lucrative, and you're also putting yourself out there to sell your products. But ultimately, you feel burnt out and you feel pressure of always having to show up, especially show up in a certain way in order to keep up the sales and the marketing for the digital products or the physical products you have created. I've known actually a few creators that are in this situation and they are exhausted and they're looking for a way out. And so now these creators want to figure out what the next steps to scaling your revenue is without showing your face, without being the sole driver of revenue. So they have gotten thus far all because of their personal brand, because of their face, because people know them, like them, and trust them. And so they're figuring out the next steps so that they can still bring revenue even without brand deals, even without ever posting on Instagram. 
So the question you want to ask yourself at this stage is how can I remove myself and my likeness from my business and still generate revenue? Now, this is not a stage I've personally reached and honestly, I'm not sure if this is my ultimate goal. Like I love what I do. I love showing up. I love creating. I did feel some pressure maybe like one or two years ago with showing up, but now I, I don't feel that way at all. And I feel like it's a privilege to be able to show up and I don't really foresee myself wanting to fade out completely, but you know, you never know. <laughs> we never know what's going to happen in the future. And if I were to think of some examples of creators in the situation, I would think of Emma Chamberlain with Chamberlain Coffee. If Emma stopped posting YouTube altogether and she stopped doing any content altogether, maybe Chamberlain Coffee could sell itself, could continue on its own. I also think of Lindsay Silberman with Hotel Lobby Candles. The name of the candle company is not even related to her name. And so people are discovering hotel lobby candles on its own without ever knowing that Lindsay is actually the one that founded this company. And the goal is that these creators can eventually never have to show up and that the brands that they have created also have a brand identity of its own, completely separate from the original creator. They will no longer be the main driving force of the sales. And over time, the brand image won't even be associated with the original creator. So people won't even know who the founder is and it will just be selling on its own through its own marketing channels, through maybe paid ads, through being shown in certain physical stores, etc. And eventually these companies can be sold, especially companies that aren't tied to the creator's name like Hotel Lobby Candle. Now, another example I'm thinking of is Alex Costa. Um, we interviewed him on this podcast a little while back, roughly a year ago, and he has Forte, it's his hair care company. He also has skincare, he also has a clothing line, but based on what he said, his hair care is the most successful. It's what he's known for too, like men's grooming. And he really is still working really hard to build the marketing and he has a full on team that's in Vancouver that helps him run this business. And he's done such an amazing job building this into its own brand. And I foresee that the next step is for him to eventually stop having to promote Forte and for Forte to still sell really well. But it seems like he still really enjoys his work. And of course, I wish him all the best. And if he ever gets to this stage five, then I, I think he's probably thinking about who can replace him or how can he continue to bring revenue for his hair care, skin care, and clothing line without him. So those are the five stages and the five questions you should ask yourself during your influencer journey. Which stage are you currently at? And what is your answer to the questions at each stage? I'm really curious to know, and I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to DM me at Tina Lee or fulltimeinfluencer.co on Instagram. I'd love to have a conversation and see what you think of this episode. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope to dive deeper into some of these topics in the future, especially the more entrepreneurial aspect of it and also the monetization aspect, the diversifying your income stream aspect of being a creator. So stay tuned for future episodes that will be coming out weekly. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.